Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Cross Wires. It's James here, and we have a truly exciting episode for you today uh, in two ways. First of all, it is our first session recording with a brand new Squadcast V5, and there's little things that have been happening in the background that have just got me so excited. And the second reason, and probably the most important reason this is an exciting episode, is because this is such a great topic. We're going to be talking a lot about accessibility today, but not in the way that you might think. So, let me introduce our guest. Would you all please welcome Chris Angel Murphy to the show? Ah. Oh. Thank you so much. It's uh, really nice to be here today with you and talk about something that's really important impacts me and, you know, people I care about as well. Absolutely. So before we jump into the show in good crosswires tradition, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Chris Angel? Maybe give a bit of your background. And um, of course, at this point, you are allowed to pimp as many <laughs> of your shows and products as you want. I, I sure appreciate that. Um, yeah. So... I'm Chris Angel. My pronouns are they, them. I grew up in Los Angeles, California, but these days I'm in Denver, Colorado in the States. And a lot of my background has to do with LGBTQ plus community organizing, especially with youth, social work, and actually tech. I have a very <laughs> interesting and wild and diverse uh, background. And, you know, I actually, a lot of it I'm finding is because I've recently found I'm a late diagnosed person for both ADHD and autism. And so that's really helped me to understand a lot more about myself. And it, it's interesting because you just, you think, okay, well, I know who I am and I'm pretty set, especially now that I'm in my mid thirties, but no, there's, there's always <laughs> learning and discovering to do. And so again, that's, that's also why I come back to accessibility and just, I'm so excited to nerd out on that with you today because it impacts me so much more now, like just so many, so many more ways now that I know this about myself. But other than that, yeah, I've got my own podcast called Allyship is a Verb. I also use Squadcast to record it. That's how we met, which is delightful. Love the Slack community that we have. And yeah, I do LGBTQ plus training for companies and organizations, whether it's, you know, accessibility again, like today, or rolling out pronouns and normalizing that within a, a culture, all sorts of different kinds of things. I do community events, too. And basically, I'm just trying to be gay for pay. But um, yeah, the, <laughs> the only other things I'd <laughs> add to that that I feel like are important to know as we're having our conversation today are that I am queer, trans, and non-binary. And I'd be happy to talk about that more, too. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It really is a pleasure. And I want to echo uh, your comments. The Squadcast Slack community is just fantastic. Uh, I don't know about you, Chris Angel, but I just feel so connected to the team at Squadcast. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they're off, you know, oh, we're making this product and you're our, our customers who give us money. I feel really involved and very proud to be a Squadcast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just think of all the things they offer us and they're just so generous with their time, with their uh, all their resources, honestly. I mean, even when they do what they call a 
pod it. <laughs> um, I think, right? Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, pod, yeah, pod, pod it. Yeah, yeah pod you know, it, branding, yeah. good branding. But you know, even when they did that for me in in my podcast, I mean, it was incredible. You know, just giving me like you know, acknowledging things I'm doing well, helping to highlight some things that maybe I could just like play around with a little bit more to see how that lands for folks and everything. And they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. And they're just such good hearted natured people. And then I just feel like a lot of us who are in the community as well, it's just same thing. So it's, it's really cute how we can hop on each other's podcasts and support each other and give feedback. And it's just, it's just wholesome. It's what we need right now. (laughs) Absolutely. What the world needs now is pod, pod, pod. Oh, wait. No, no. We're not doing that. No, no. All right. Yeah. So let's talk accessibility mm-hmm. before I make any terrible puns. <laughs> so when we think about accessibility from sort of when I say the word exp- accessibility, I'm going to assume that most people will think things like making a site accessible for people like myself with a vis- and yourself with a visual mm-hmm. impairment. So, you know, things like text size, uh, high contrast themes, um, all of the sort of things that maybe would be considered traditionally accessible. Yeah. But as technology has changed and as culture has changed, as LG, and I always get, <laughs> I apologize, I'm really bad at the, um, look, this is still, I'm going to be really honest, LGBTQ AI culture is still new to me. I'm learning so much. And I want to thank everyone who's helped me with that. And uh, one preface before we start this episode as well, I, I really want to make it very clear there is no space in the Crosswise community for any hate, any negative comments. Please, if if that's what you want to comment on, go somewhere else. Please, I'm really, I'm not going to get into that. So, as we've had a, a cultural shift, and as we're starting to accept and hopefully accept more and more, you have a need for pronouns, the, the change in nature of gender from just simply biological sex, male, female, to things like gender fluidity. Mm-hmm. Things like um, some, you know, for trans individuals who, you know, were born of a, a biological a biological sex, but now identify as a different gender and need to adjust that in things like HR apps, banking apps, even things down to your email. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm going to be really honest, I, I can't imagine how difficult that is for developers who have maybe a mindset of, um, binary fields, as it were, one or zero, you know, or just two states, male and female. Mm. What extra considerations do we need to take into account when we look at accessibility in 2022? There's so much. <laughs> That's a big question. But mm. yeah, I mean, you know, before we started recording, I was sharing that one of my favorite memes, if you will, online is seeing screenshots of the various various software, and it'll say things like male, female, you know, which, as you just mentioned, is conflating sex with gender. So if it says gender, we want it to say man, woman, things like that. Um, but sometimes interesting things will sneak in there, like they'll put male, female, transgender or i don't know i i really crack up when i see things like canadian applicant or venezuela because then you know someone's not paying attention to the onboarding experience but it's it's really important we get these things right so for example i mean if we think of someone who's an applicant for a job right a lot of us Mm. are applying online now and there's usually forms we have to fill out and 
don't get me started on the side quest of how upset I get when I give you my resume and then I have to enter everything in anyway. Like, don't oh, get me started. I've spent. <laughs> no, I, I will call, I will echo that because, look, I spent a long time building yes. my resume. I have tweaked my resume to be applica- applicable to your mm-hmm. role, the role that you are hiring for. Don't make me refill out all my education and experience again. Take the time to read my resume. However, on an interesting side note on that, did you know that most of this recruitment stuff, most of this is not going through human eyes? It's an automated scanning mm-hmm. process. Basically, it's an algorithm that decides whether or not your CV gets selected, your resume gets selected. Yeah. Most recruiters aren't even bothering to read it. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, having been on both sides of it, I remember when we had applicants at one of my social work jobs years ago, mm. I, you could tell when people catered to the position or not, especially when they had the most generic cover letters and it's like why did you just waste your time our time i don't Mm. understand but yeah so avoiding that side the rest of that side quest because again my adhd will happily take us there (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so things like that get really upsetting you know because again like you said we put all this time hopefully into tailoring it to the position and everything so yeah to have to put all of that in again that's just that's a poor user experience and so absolutely yeah so when you think about these fields that we've seen forever now again with gender you know i I definitely want to see if you have to have a drop down then at least you know include man woman, gender, queer, like make a a huge effort to try to include as many genders as possible. But the the best way to do it would just be to leave it as a custom field that's just open and then the person can put what they want. And just a free type, right? Just a single line free type field. And then you could just have some options above as an example of what you're looking for in case there's any confusion, right? Because you want to name the fields and everything. So then, you know, when you get into things like name, which is usually one of the first things you start filling out, then you want to have an option where, you know, and this is where it gets tricky again, if we're we're going along the thread of onboarding someone potentially, or again, they're just applying to a job, hmm. there's a point at which you're going to need their legal name, and maybe it's not at that point, so maybe at a later time, but again, to to help dispel any confusion, like for someone um, who's transgender, for example, and maybe hasn't legally changed their name, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It could be cost. It could be, you know, the hoops that they have to go through. I mean, you know. There's all sorts of yeah. reasons. It's, it's not an easy process. Yes, yes. I know back when I did it in California, it cost me over $500, and it took over six months. I had to, like, get an ad in a newspaper i had to run it in case i was running from any i don't know debt collectors or something it's so silly it's so silly but anyway so you know i went through all those hoops but yeah so there's a lot of reasons why people may not have access to changing their name and so you want to have an option where people can put their name versus their legal name because sometimes it's different and you know when you have name versus legal name, that's a catch-all for a lot of things. Like you, I think, started at the top. This isn't just for folks who are transgender, for example. You know, there's lots of folks who have nicknames or, or things like that, or maybe they go by their middle name. And so that's a way of saying, here's how I want to be honored. Here's what I want you to call me. And here's what's on my government paperwork, for example. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, it's interesting because I uh, – so this isn't really applicable for me because 
professionally, I go by my mm-hmm. first name. But to friends and family, I'm not going to reveal my middle name because that's the whole reason I don't. Mm-hmm. But I, to friends and family, I go by my middle name. It's family tradition mm. that I do that. But I, if it was the other way around where, you know, I use my middle name, then I'd absolutely want to be called that in an interview. Yeah. I'd want that to be referred to in an email. Yeah. My, my favourite one on that subject is when I joined a role a couple of years ago, my manager couldn't figure out the difference between my middle name, so James' middle name, surname, mm-hmm. and in the system, he somehow thought that my middle name and surname were like hyphenated, but without the hyphen. Oh. So my username became this ridiculous thing, like, so it becomes something J, middle name, dash, Billsborough. I'm like, no, that, that's not mm-hmm. it. And it was nightmare getting it changed. Yes. Yes. So yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll get there. We're still in the form part, right? We haven't even talked about mm. HR and IT and, and what all happens between those departments. Gosh, yeah. But you know, as far as other things like pronouns, that's becoming a lot more normalized within companies. And I just want to shout out that we never want to make that practice mandatory because what'll happen is that means that the person is either going to have to double down on getting misgendered, which means not being honored for the gender that they are, mm-hmm. or it's going to force them to disclose when they may not be ready, you know, because sometimes a company, for example, may say, oh, we're LGBTQ plus inclusive. Here are some initiatives we've done. But sometimes you don't know until you're in there or unless you're able to talk with yeah. someone else and hear their experiences. So, yeah, so you want to capture pronouns. And again, I know that we want clean data. That's so important. However, we also don't want to box people. And so this is an example where sometimes folks go by multiple sets of pronouns. And we could go down a Mm -hmm. whole rabbit hole there. But for our purposes today, it could be because they're trying out different sets. It could be because they're doing something called rolling pronouns where they want you to just use all of them almost equally, you know, and just like change it, let's say from sentence to sentence or day to day or or whatever, just that you're not using any one more than another. And Mm. yeah, so you want to give people the option to be able to select what their pronouns are. But you're never going to get everyone's because people also come up with new neo pronouns and and neo pronouns are just basically typically pronouns that haven't been recognized formally by a dictionary yet. And as a side note, you know, I I mentioned at the top, I use they, them pronouns. There's a lot of debate that can come up with that and using that in a singular sense. I hear, but you're one person, et cetera. It's a very tiring argument, and I'll just say that, and I I struggle to say this, and I'll explain why in a moment, but Oxford Dictionary dates singular they back to like 1375. Authors like Shakespeare have used singular they. So Mm -hmm. even if that weren't the case, though, if if someone's saying this is who I am, this is how I want you to honor me, and it really doesn't hurt you at all, it takes you two extra seconds to like make that switch in your brain, just do it. Just do it. So, um, yeah, so we just, again, we want to honor people for, for who they are. So, yeah, so that that's why, like you mentioned, the culture is changing, and we want to just make sure that people can express who they are. And there's going to be a lot of folks who don't want to enter this information because, you know, some of this is demographic information that's optional. It depends country to country, mm-hmm. et cetera. 
However, again, we don't want to force someone to select pronouns. We don't want to force someone to select things like gender identity and sexual orientation. And again, those should be optional for sure and open-ended fields. Because the other part of it too is we have to be very transparent about what we're using that data for. You know, mm. if it's because you want to make sure you're reflecting the people you serve or you want to make sure that you're reflecting your community broadly, you know, and just having people of different backgrounds and lived experiences, et cetera, because it's just something you value as a company. Like, a.k.a. we don't want too many white cisgender men working here, you know, um, straight white cisgender men. So, yeah, um, yeah those, those are things to think about. But people can be nervous because you know, now it's just so commonplace for us to have data breaches. I mean, goodness, I have credit karma. And I feel like I, I'm at over 40. Now I've been a part of 40 breaches that I've I'm just like, Oh, my gosh, every time I get another email or, or ding from them, I'm like, what now? What now? Yeah. Who hurt me now? And, you know, a lot of it luckily is just maybe passwords and my email address or something and I'm able to change it because I have a password manager, you know, but it's just, it's ridiculous. So again, because of privacy and how people can like blackmail folks and just all these nasty things people can do on the internet, again, they want to know that their information is secure. And so jumping back to the example of HR and IT, let's say we're onboarding this person now. We've decided we're, mm. we're onboarding them. They're hired. They accepted the offer letter. Something that I, I train companies on is some of this information is on a need-to-know basis. Like, no one outside Absolutely. of HR should be able to tie the information to any one person or, again, IT um, in a very limited capacity. But a lot of it is on a need-to-know basis. So it really should be, again, for the purposes of, like, demographics. And, you know, it's one thing to share internally and externally. Like, here, here are our numbers. Here are how many people, you know, who are black that are in a leadership position, for example. You know, and it's not tied to any yeah. particular person, you know. Um, but, yeah, you just you want to make sure. So in the instance where someone has a name they go by that's different from their legal name, we want to make sure that their computer, their email address, and all of that is honoring the name they want to go by and not the legal name. However, it creates duality because certain things like, you know, sending their check over electronically, yep. right? You have to have typically the legal name. Not all banks honor a chosen name or a nickname or nope. things like that. Some do. And in fact, it gets more complicated yeah. than that. Because um, a lot of banks and a lot of... I don't know if this is the case in, in the US, mm -hmm. but certainly here in the UK, uh, give a really good example of this. Um, the bank I'm with, uh, I don't mind saying, is Monzo. Monzo, when I transfer money to my sister, for example, it does a check on the name on the account. Now, because of the complications of a bank mm -hmm. system, I might put in my sister's name, as I would see mm -hmm. it, but when the check comes back, it says, no, 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 that doesn't match... And it doesn't match because it's capitals. Mm. Banks are so rigid. And it's not necessarily because the banks don't want to adopt. As someone who's worked for a bank, it's because compliance and things like, um, so here in the UK, the FCA regulations, they are very much, nope, you cannot do this, you can't do this. And they, they don't change. Yeah. It, it takes forever to get them changed. So... One thing I'd just say is sometimes it's worth just considering that 
if an organization, particularly one that's heavily regulated, isn't accepting something like pronouns or chosen names, it may be worth not. It may be worth just considering that it's not intentional. Because I know, I think there is a, a temptation to think, oh, this horrible bank for not accepting my chosen name. There might be a more valid reason than you'd think. Yes um, and no. And I think there's always tech ways to solve for these problems. Yeah. I mean, we have a newer company here in the States called Daylight, and they're very LGBTQ plus progressive, and I, I think owned and all of that. And part of it is that oh, cool. even um, a friend was explaining this to me because my friend signed up with the account and was just telling me about the onboarding process. And it was amazing because... There's a few banks out here now where you can get your card in your name, even though it may not be your legal name. So at least that way it's on That's your card, awesome. which is pretty amazing. But not only that, like with Daylight in particular, and this isn't like, I don't know, a sponsored ad or something. I'm just saying this exists. No, no, <laughs> this exists. But Daylight has options where you can save for things like gender affirming surgery and all of that. Like that's like built oh, that's in cool. yeah, to their banking system. And so it's just solving for a lot, especially since this is a community that is marginalized and we don't always yeah. make the same dollar to that again of that white cisgender straight man. And so, yeah, things like this is, is really important. And, you know, because other folks, other, let's say, companies, organizations, diversity, inclusion, et cetera, is an afterthought to them. You know, it's not built yes. into the foundation of what they're doing all of the time. It's like a nice to have. It's like, well, we'll come back for you or something. So it's, if you're not big enough of, you know, a community, then they don't care. But something that's interesting that you also mentioned at the top of this episode is, you know, both of us have glasses. That's mm. that's a disability. It's, it's a normalized yeah. thing is that we have glasses, right? Or... When we go to buildings, typically there are elevators, there are ramps for folks, stairs are accessibility. Yeah. And we don't think about it again because we just, it's so normalized. But that's the thing is, there's this really beautiful concept I it came across, I don't know, like seven years ago now. And anyone who knows me t knows that I share this anywhere and everywhere I can because I think it's a really, it's been like super important for my life is, you know, a lot of us hear about the golden rule, you know, treat yeah. others the way you want to be treated. But, Absolutely. but you realize not all of us want to be treated the same. And so in the seventies, this guy coined the platinum rule, which instead says treat others the way they want to be treated. And that makes so much more sense. And so a lot of these, it really isn't that much more coding. Yes, again, when someone is entering something in a custom field, right, custom text field, that means you're going to have to clean the data because some people yeah. will put man and then it'll be capitalized, all caps, under ca like no caps, you know, and then you're going to have to clean it because those are going to be considered like three different genders, right? So yes, it, it does require some cleanup, but there there are easy solves for this. So I think, oh, absolutely. yeah, I think we can be so much better. It's just that, again, it's whether or not we want to take the time to give people that accessibility, you know? And I think you've hit the nail on the head there when you talked about money it's mm -hmm. it's um there was a i saw a meme uh sort of talking about pride month where every company's logo somehow goes rainbow they're not somehow magically more inclusive yes. 
They just think, let's slap a rainbow on there and look positive. And it's also about investment. You know, when you look at... And using Daylight is a great example because they are, as you said, they're a new bank. Mm -hmm. So from the ground up, their stack, their databases have been built with this in mind. Whereas you take some of the old banks... I mean, you know, these are companies still using database servers that have been out of support for 20-odd years, and banks won't invest. You know, oddly, the amount of money they make, they're not very good at investing in new technology. You know, I remember working at a bank where Windows 7 was out, and they were still running NT4. So anyway, completely random thing. (laughs) One question question I wanted to ask you about uh, in terms of these forms of accessibility, Mm. particularly around gender versus biological sex, because... There are scenarios where you do need to know someone's biological sex. Um, yes. I, I look at an example from my career. I worked in e-prescribing for chemotherapy. Well, some of the drug calculations for chemo do require you to know someone's biological sex because there's a different offset for different drugs. Um, I think it's the AUC calculation, if I remember correctly. It def- I, I know that's one that definitely does require... So it's not necessarily wrong to capture that information as long as it is distinct from Mm. the chosen gender. Yeah, it just, it depends because, like you said, we need to inform people, why are we capturing this information? Mm. What are we doing with it? Who's going to have access to it? So that's what I would want to know. And again, going back to that example of onboarding someone, a company is going to need to know that because if they're offering that person health insurance, that changes things drastically. And it further gets complicated, especially here in the States, because there are a number of states now who you can get X as a marker on your documentation instead of F or M for male or female. Mm -hmm. And what that creates is hell for someone like me. So I have not changed any of my documentation in terms of the marker for either sex or gender on on anything because, just again, legal documentation-wise, because if I get X, which would be the most affirming, it creates a lot of barriers for me. Number one, it puts a target on my back because yes, I'm being counted, but also puts a target. So let's say if I get pulled over by law enforcement or something, I don't know if they're going to give me more trouble if they see that as an example. Then you have a scenario where, again, in the instance of health insurance, a lot of these places are archaic with their systems and they haven't updated it. Even if they know there are people, for example, in Colorado who can have the X marker, it just may not be an option for health insurance. And so then there creates a mismatch and then there's further complications. Or even if I go and this makes me upset and I'm going to drag them, I'm going to publicly drag them right now because this has been bothering me for years. Years ago, the airlines Southwest within the States, which is one of the budget-friendly ones, they had claimed Mm -hmm. we are going to update our system so X is now a marker that you can select moving forward when you're purchasing your tickets. It has been years now. And what's fascinating is even though this was 
publicly stated along with a few other line other airlines at the time they've done nothing i follow up usually like once a year or so and i get some poor person who has no idea what i'm talking about i have to show them the article and they're like honestly i haven't heard anything i don't know and then when they try to dig into it they they come back with like the poor excuse of oh well just like you know tech wise we're having a hard time solving for this and it's like you know what other airlines have figured this out there are airlines where they have updated it right and And so it's just like infuriating because even if we get these victories, again, even to trans like to travel internationally, if I wanted to like hop across the pond Mm. to see you, I all of my documentation has to be in alignment. So regardless of how I express my gender, how people perceive my gender to be, let's say if everything says female, all all of it has to say female. Otherwise, I can't go anywhere. And again, so if I can't even book a ticket because the airline has decided not to include X, I I'm I'm out of luck. So again, like you said, just a lot of it comes back to money. A lot of it comes back to not wanting to update to the newer systems because then that takes away from their profits and, you know, their bonuses and, and all that cute stuff. And it's... You think about out, did you? I mean, you know... It's, it's the wrong priorities. It's the wrong priorities. Absolutely. And so... Yeah, and then that's that's not even talking about two like we were talking before we hit record. What if you need to update your information? What if you change your name? And there's a lot of places that don't allow you to update your username. And and what's trickier about it too is the answer isn't always to create a new account because <laughs> one of the biggest lies of the internet is that I agree to the terms of service and I've read them, right? Like no one reads <laughs> it. No one reads it. Nope. Let's be honest. Nope. And so it's very rare. And uh, maybe you're looking for something in particular, but it's possible that they may say that you're not allowed to have more than one account, as an example. So then what? Then what? Amazon have that rule. I, I didn't realize this. There was a, one of the community, uh, RMC Retro, got um, his Amazon account suspended. It's all been resolved mm-hmm. now. But they were accusing him of having multiple accounts as one of the reasons they bl- suspended mm-hmm. him. I didn't realize that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And you've hit the nail on the head. It's either you can't change your username. So member of the team, Frasley, pointed out to me that um, she can't change her Spotify username. Mm-hmm. She can't change her Steam username. Now, you can check. Thankfully, on Steam, you can change the way your name is displayed publicly. Yes. Your Steam username is not shown to anyone but you. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here. Seeing your, you know, if you are someone who's changed your name for whatever reason, could be, again, you are transit, could be you know, maybe a divorce, yeah. something, you know, more, should we say tradition? I don't want to say traditional, but you know what I mean? More what people would expect. Yeah. You don't want to be reminded either of your dead name mm-hmm. or that, that horrible marriage that you've just escaped out of. Yeah. Trans rights are human rights. LGBTQ plus rights are, are human rights. And I mean, even Absolutely. what we're seeing in the States right now, or, well, I mean, even like just, you know, taking a side quest here and talking about the UK, when you're talking about banning conversion therapy, and you're not including trans people in that in those protections, that's not that's not it. You know, like, no, there's there's no valid I, I reason to not include them in that process. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'll just be really honest. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said this to, to you outside of this this recording, I I hold Christian values, but my Christian values don't align with some of the treatment that I've seen from so-called Christians and so-called churches mm-hmm. 
treating people in the LGBTQ uh, AI community mm-hmm. in in a overly negative way. Look, there's a way to handle things. You know, the sort of love that Jesus showed to the poor when he was, you know, here on earth. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into that too much, but I just want to nail my 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 colours to the um, my flag to the flagpole and just be really clear mm-hmm. that I I don't tolerate hate. Look, I I was bullied in school for various things, and bullying of any kind is just not acceptable. Mm-hmm. We have to try and live in this world together. And I'm sure, I, you know, I don't want to get too deep into because we are going to talk about this on another episode uh, of Cross Wires. But even things like political disagreements, yeah. do we have to be vile to each other just because we support different political parties? No. Yeah. I really don't think we do. You know, and at the time of recording this, too, there's just so many anti-trans mm-hmm. pieces of legislation, anti-LGBTQ plus legislation that's just been sweeping across the states. And it's horrific. And again, it is. it's not a singular issue because if you look at everything that's happening in the states right now, it's all about body autonomy. What can I do yes. with my body? What rights do I have over my own body? It's all connected. But it's still overwhelming because a lot of these things that are getting banned, for example, like critical race theory or don't say gay and trans laws, things like that, we have a lot of public support. Like even for things like mm-hmm. marriage equality, which unfortunately might be on the chopping block. It's it's very possible with our current Supreme Court because yeah. we've been losing a lot right now, including Roe v. Wade, which um, talks about abortion. So that used to be yeah. covered federally as a protected uh, thing. And now, now it's, it's down not. to each state, yeah. isn't it, if I remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, And again... Uh, for for me, this whole thing comes down to you. You've hit the name. It's all about autonomy, all about choice. Mm-hmm. Whatever I believe, I'm not the person in that situation. It's not my body. It's not my choice, and I have no right whatsoever to legislate. On the flip side of that, though, one thing I do want to just say um, is I'm a big believer in having open discussions like we're having now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think we might have some slightly differing views. Um, we were talking about you know the banks. I didn't shout at you, you didn't shout at me. I think as long as, for me, as long as we have respect when we're talking to each other, is about the most important thing? Yeah. But getting back to accessibility, because we've talked about usernames, you know, being able to change those. Mm -hmm. One big thing that keeps coming up is is email addresses, Mm -hmm. right? Because typically speaking, you can't... So if I... So, for example, Twitter. If I change my Twitter handle, Twitter handles basically you know sort of changing over all my followers for me mm-hmm. they're still following me although of course they have to learn they have to know the new name to to do mentions right but when we talk about email addresses you can't change your email account address right. you have to create a new email account now that's incredibly frustrating because you i admittedly most email clients will support multiple accounts but it means that you've got all of your email from before your, you changed your name or before you decided to go by an alternative mm-hmm. name in one account, and then um, all the new stuff in another. Now, I know in the UK, for example, uh, because I know someone who's done this, when you use the deed poll service to change your name, one of the things they say is you surrender the right to use your old name at all legally. So if you've got an email, technically speaking, I don't think this is ever enforced, 
But technically speaking, you therefore can't have a, your old email address. Well, so like here in the States, we have social security numbers. And mm-hmm. it is a number you are given usually at birth, especially if you're yep. born here. Um, and it follows you for the rest of your life. So yep. like I mentioned, even though I spent over $500 in six months petitioning to the court, etc., that I want to change my name from this to this, that my birth name is going to follow me for the rest of my life. And so Absolutely. therefore, when we're thinking about things like federal protections, which is why here in the States, we're really trying to get things like the Equality Act passed. If, if I drive from state to state, my rights are going to vary differently. It's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit more protected for sexual orientation, but it depends where you go. And it's going to be a lot worse for things like gender identity and gender expression. And what's most interesting about that too is... We are divided into four regions. So we've got the Northeast, we've got the Midwest, we've got the South and the West. When you look at the data, far and away, it's one in four LGBTQ plus adults live in the South. And that's where they have the fewest, if not anti-rights. like rights. So yeah. stripped away from them. And so it's just like super red, you know, in terms of not, not even just politically, but just on like if you look at the movement advancement project, they follow this. They're one of the organizations tracking the rights, you know, even statewide, citywide, county, you know, depending. And yeah, you just see there's just like so few or, or just, you know, yeah, protections stripped away entirely. And it's it's a shame. So when I so this is key going back to what I was just mentioning, because if my birth name is going to follow me for the rest of my life, that means anytime someone does a background check on me, which means housing, it means employment, mm-hmm. they can see that. And even if there is a protection in my state against being discriminated for being trans, for example, mm-hmm. I have no way of proving that unless they give me that proof of like email documentation or, or something like a paper trail. They could easily just say, oh, you know what? We found someone more qualified. Thank you for applying or not even look at me at all. Right. And so there's just things like that that we have to think about. And so I wonder, like, is it really important that my birth name stay attached to that social security number? And I, I can't get away from it either and hope they don't see it, because sometimes when I'm filling out applications, they ask me, have you gone by any other names? And I have to put mm-hmm. it. I can't lie about it. I'll get in big trouble. So it's there's just a lot there. And like you said, we don't need the reminder. Um, we don't need to keep seeing it. And it can cause us a lot of harm. And that's why, too, again, when I come back to these archaic systems, my birth name has even followed me to Colorado. I'll get sometimes, you know, like coupons in the mail or something. I, I literally don't put it anywhere. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. at my current address, like I will get mail with my birth name. And it's it's incredibly upsetting because yeah. I don't need anyone else to see that i don't any you know because i don't know i i don't mind saying it because i've as a side note um you know i know you said the term dead name and i I know that's very common in the lgbtq Mm. plus community for for trans people to use that something that's been hard for me is i i don't want to pretend like christina angelina murphy didn't exist it doesn't feel good to me that she has to die in order for me to live. So that that's why I say birth name. But I also don't need that name following me all the time either. Oh, of course not. So it's just this really it's this really tricky situation. And I am sure there are ways around this. I'm sure there are ways we can be better about it. But yeah, that's just one way that yeah, that's just gonna continue to follow me for the rest of my life and I don't there's nothing I can do about it currently. 
So and thank yeah. you and thank you by the way for that for that um, for that honesty and that correction because you know what it is something I did talk to Vasily about is why do why do some people in the trans community use the name dead name mm-hmm. it, it does sound in some it, again and it's down for each individual person to use but it does sound somewhat negative so uh, birth name is. Or given name, I guess, yeah. is what people or legal name. Use. And I'll, legal name. Everyone's going to yeah. feel differently about this. This is just where I've landed with it. And there's a lot of people that would be like, "Why are you sharing your birth name?" You know, then that's going to open floodgates for other people asking us that. And it's like, well, they ask us anyway. <laughs> they don't know yeah. better than to not ask us that unless, again, there's some legal, medical, etc. reason for it. However, um, yeah, it just comes back to this bigger issue of. The narratives, and when we don't see ourselves in the media, when we don't see ourselves reflected in storytelling, I mean, mm. again, I'm in my mid-30s. I've only recently seen someone in a show that I felt like, wow, that I feel like I'm reflected in this show. Like, I'm really mm. connecting to this character in terms of gender and sexuality, and I feel like, yeah, this it was literally the first time, like, seeing myself on the screen. And that's incredible, but... If yeah. we don't have that diversity, if we don't show and have these like nuanced conversations, all people are going to think is that trans people hate themselves and they have to experience gender dysphoria in order to get access to the gatekeeping medical industry of, you know, mm. if they want gender affirming surgery or if they want yeah. hormone replacement. It's not the case. So it's not like everyone wants that, right? Yeah. Not everyone wants. Yeah. But that's been the narrative. I mean, it, and so that's. Yeah. It it gives you no wiggle room. So when you're someone like me and I don't necessarily hate my body and I don't feel like I was born in the wrong body, but that's the narrative. Mm. So yeah, there's just a lot there. <laughs> on the note on the note of T V shows, yeah. I'm I haven't yet started watching um the third season of the Umbrella Academy. But of course Elliot Page yeah. transitioned during production and from what I understand, the team made it so that his character Yes who was formerly Vanya, and I think, I, I might be wrong, I, mean, I think the change in the name, the characters changed their name to Vince. I think that might be right. I'm not sure, but, like, that's that's another interesting thing, right? Is, like, how do we talk about this stuff? Because, like, with Elliot, you know, I mean, what a, what a lovely human, and I'm oh, so yes. yeah. happy for him. And yeah, the production team could have written off the character or whatever and could have recast yeah, it. Yeah, could have recast anything, you know, any number of things could have happened. And it's just interesting. And the only thing I want to offer is like when we are talking about people who are trans is to try to not use any previous names and just say like mm-hmm. the new name and, and new pronouns. Because sometimes we get stuck in, you know, oh, well, before, again, not Elliot, but like, you know, before she was Susan or whatever. And we, we don't yeah. want to do that. So it's the only thing I would want to offer is like when we talk well, about I mean, trans people. At, yeah. No, look at the, um, you'll have to forgive me. Is it um, one of the Jenners? Yes. Caitlin, Caitlin Jenner. Mm-hmm. Um, her, everyone just, everyone, people still call her her by a given name. Yes. But she's chosen to use a different name. I, you know, I... <laughs> I will admit, before I started to learn a lot more, I've probably done that. Yeah. And I, I feel bad about that now. But And I've realized, do you know what? It doesn't harm me to use someone's chosen name. Yeah. I mean, if I do that for a friend... So, okay, my former housemate, listeners to the old version of Crosswilds will know we made a joke about Mysterious Housemate. Mm-hmm. Well, Mysterious Housemate 
um, has a very common nickname, a shortened version of her name, but they don't like going by mm-hmm. it. Even to this day, they prefer the full version of her name. That's as much their right as it is the right for someone who wants who a, a, a trans person to use a their given name. I, I genuinely believe that. Yeah. I mean, so what's Looping. what's interesting? Yeah, sure. I mean, well, I I don't want to lose the thread of Caitlyn Jenner because there's there's important stuff there. But sure, what I want to offer is far and away, the trans community does not care for her. However, oh, okay. we do not misgender her. We don't use her like former name. We don't use her former pronouns. We honor her, even though she says terrible things about us as a community and constantly misrepresents us and actually encourages these, you know, pieces of legislation that have been moving forward again, banning uh, trans girls in particular. Yeah, from sports. And it's just like, you hypocrite. (laughs) So like, but we still don't do that. And so again, it's just... You know, if, if we're not teaching about this in the schools, if we're not normalizing this, there's just so much fear because people just don't know. And so then, again, that's when we fall into these arcs of not being able to have more cap- casual representation. And and what I mean by that is, you know, to stop having the storylines of, oh, I have to tell you this deep, dark secret. I don't know if you're ever going to talk to me again mm. or, you know, like, let's move beyond that. Yes, that can be people's experiences, but we don't want to box ourselves in that. So why not have someone casually putting on a binder before going on a date or mm. or things like that? Um, and again, not having the arc be that they are going to lose all of their friends and family in one swoop. You know, it's just that's not everyone's story. That's not yeah. everyone's reality. And so, yeah, there's just a lot. There's just a lot there. And I think that's also part of why this ties back into accessibility and everything is because, again, if the attitudes and the misinformation is so rampant, then, yeah, no one's going to care about this community. You know, broadly, the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And they're not going to want to make, you know, if they don't care, they're not going to invest the time. You know, but, you know, I take, we, we mentioned Squadcast earlier, yeah. but I think we should probably give Squadcast some credit because mm-hmm. they made the way that they did the pronouns yes. and the given name. So the name and the pronouns are free type yes. in Squadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love, and I think it's something you mentioned earlier, we don't want to force anyone to give their pronouns mm-hmm. if they don't want to. It is an optional field, you know. And I, I've had you know um, straight, straight cisgendered m- men on the show who just leave it blank. Yes, doesn't that's their choice. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, just as it's again, it goes back to the thing. Just as it's you know your choice to use they them. If they don't want to use different pronouns, they don't have to. And I think. As you said, it's entirely personal choice. Make it accessible. Make sure that forms are, you know, are not causing people upset. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's a there's a huge difference between causing upset uh, intentionally and, and mistakes. I think we do. One thing I w- will always say is, if if you do find that you know a company you're working for has made a mistake, reach out to them and say, hey, you know, can you can you change this because this is Cause you know causing me a problem, and it may just be, you know, there's two, there's probably two scenarios. They haven't thought about it, yeah, or they're intentionally doing it. If they're intentionally doing it, you probably don't want to work for that company. No. What one question I would ask as well, just out of interest, from my perspective, there's a difference between again, we talk about data protection and need to know, 
Um, one of the GDPR principles is only gathering the relevant information. Yes. So at the point of interview, a point of application, you don't need to know someone's biological sex. No. You, yeah, a lot of it's, it's not relevant. Mm-hmm. It's not relevant until they're made a... Well, I was going to say until they're made an employment offer, but of course that's conditional on the fact that's assuming you provide healthcare coverage. And that's that's also coming back to the issue of trans people or folks who go by different names, etc. Part of the chaos we can be stuck in, and that's a strong word perhaps, but I'm going to use it anyway because I have a flair for the dramatics uh, this morning, is that you want to make sure that you're being clear that right now you don't need their legal name, but should they get an offer letter and should they accept it, then, yeah, there's, like, certain information you're going to need to get from them. And then that helps me understand, okay, I can put my chosen name here or I can put my name here if it doesn't reflect my legal name, you know? Because, again, like you said, yeah, for, for folks who have to adhere to GDPR, that makes total sense. But, again, for me as a user, I have to think well, what should I give you right now? Because depending, that might be something that discloses my LGBTQ plus status, and then I can be worried that, again, I won't even get a chance to have an interview, for example. Exactly. So, yeah. And it's something super simple you can clear up. I've seen it before. I've seen organizations that are a lot more progressive say something to that effect. Like, you know, if you go by a name that's different than your legal name, that's not something that we'll need until later, for example. So there's just there's really easy ways to quickly clear that up. And I will say, too, the other piece here is just being consistent because sometimes, you know, people will have these statements, like you said, either in their social media or on their website, but they're not actually doing the work or, you know, you'll have larger companies who say that they're LGBTQ plus inclusive and supportive and all of that. And, you know, there'll be some of the same corporations that are financially backing various prides, like pride celebrations and everything. But then they're also giving to like candidates who are anti LGBTQ or, you know, causes that are anti LGBTQ. And they think like, maybe we won't figure this out and follow the paper trail, you know? So it's also about being consistent. So it's, it's not enough that, so this is what I wanted to come back to. It's not enough that your forms are on top of everything and, and say the most appropriate things because another way you can lose me is if I call your customer support or something and they call me sir within five seconds, you know, and I'm not a sir in my case. I, that's not, I'm not trying to be a guy. I don't want to be a guy. I'm not a guy. I know that's what a lot of people would think when they hear me or see me. And so that's just like another bump I can hit. And so it's then it means you need to train folks to not make those kinds of assumptions. Because I've also known people who, you know, their voice is deeper, maybe because they're a smoker, mm-hmm. for example. And then that's, yeah. that's even more offensive to them that, you know, you're calling them a guy when they're, you know, just an older woman who smokes or whatever. You know, like it, there's just that's why I come back to it's not just trans people. It's not just trans people. It's that wonderful line from Star Trek Voyager. Despite Starfleet regulations, Mr. Kim, I don't like to be addressed as sir. <laughs> like, so, and that's a genuine question. Yeah. So, in that scenario, obviously, we, you know, historically, we've used sir and ma'am, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear you've had a problem today, ma'am or sir. Right. What is a more appropriate form to, to say that? For, to be inclusive, to be, make sure that you're not making a mistake. Because as you said, when you're on a phone call, look, I can see you right now. Yeah. 
I know also because you put your pronouns up there and right. you've been very open. I know that you are not identifying as a man. Mm-hmm. So I know that. But if I, we were just on a phone call and we were doing, say, a, a customer support thing, right. my brain is going to make those assumptions. Absolutely. Rightly or wrongly. So going forward for customer support people, and again, you know, for software people, how do we how do we avoid that? Yeah, I mean, it's really like easy to do gender neutral greetings. It's just that we've been trained, you know, again, these archaic systems we keep upholding, even though they don't work for us anymore, or they're harmful. So sometimes people say, oh, well, we need, you know, a gender neutral version then of Mr. or Ms. and all of that. And so we did, we came up with one. It's MX and it's pronounced mix, like you're mixing a bowl mm-hmm. to make pancakes or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, right. And so that's great. But, and then a lot of people ask, well, then what's a gender neutral version of sir or ma'am? And I, th- I think that's the wrong way of going about it. Cause number one, okay. Not everything needs to inherently have like a gender neutral version, because then I think we should be asking, is this even serving us? You know, because when you go to places like California, for example, usually, especially for older women, you want to charm them by saying miss, because I don't know, for some reason, we hate that people age. Like you're supposed to be ageless and never get wrinkles or (laughs) exactly. It's like, oh, you know, and so you you call someone ma'am like that you're going to you're going to get some looks and some words potentially but then you hop over to places like the south and it's completely different you know it's like mm. so embedded in that culture and then even if people don't know you they'll be like come over here sweetie or here you go honey and you know, i hate that i hate the, like you oh. don't know me you can't be calling me that like that's reserved that's, for that's like a, that's an affectionate thing yeah, yeah i don't but it's it's normalized there and so what I want is freedom, freedom from, you know, having to be put in those kinds of boxes or, or be made to feel, you know, uncomfortable in situations like that. So a lot of us, we don't need the formality. And again, these are just, I'm saying this not only on my own experience, but from discourse I've seen online with the community. So we don't always inherently need a, a gender neutral version. Like let's first ask, like, is this something we even need in the first place? And then, yeah, so you can just as easily say, you know, like my first name or, or in my case, like I said, I, I go by Chris Angel. So yeah. um, together, there's just a million Chris's in the world. It helps me stand out a little bit more, you know. Because I'll, I'll be really honest. When we did our, I'll, I'll just fess up mm-hmm. here. When we did our introductory call, mm-hmm. I called you Chris because I just, again, assumed. Right. Oh, that's first name. Yeah. Right. And so that's why usually when I'm on with support or something, I'll tell them, oh, just or like they always want to call me Mr. Murphy. And I I don't want to go into the whole thing about being named Chris Angel because I feel like it'll make them more flustered. So usually, especially because I'm probably never going to talk to them again. Right. I'll get some other agent um, next time. So I usually just say, oh, please call me Chris, you know, but they're trained. They're so trained and it's hardwired, you know, that that's what you do. And so, yes, it's just as simple as saying, oh, hey, Chris, you know, how's it going today? How can we help you? And just honestly, if you just drop the form Formality, it's you'll mm-hmm. find it's not even needed it's just filler words yeah so instead of saying oh how can i help you today sir yeah you just say how can i help you today exactly that's it that's it and again all of this though comes back to the platinum rule because just as i'm saying this is how i want to be honored and how a lot of, a lot of other people may want to be honored again there are people who are going to say oh you better call me mr murphy or excuse me you know like there there are going to be those folks and so again it's just yeah let them lead so how, maybe, how interesting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Point. What what if, 
right? Usually when you're doing customer support roles, you'll get access to that person's information, especially, mm -hmm. you know, if it's like software or health insurance or something. Yeah. So what if that person could just say one time, hey, this is how I would want to be greeted. It's in the system and you can just read it and then you can just honor that wish. And it's, it's that simple, you know, be it but, I mean, pronouns. It's literally just one field. And if you use good support software that, you know, it says, oh, here is yes. how this person wishes to be addressed. Yes. It's not hard to do. Um, you know, when you look at tools like, I mean, I think I haven't seen if this is the case, but mm -hmm. for example, Help Scout, which is a ticketing system, mm -hmm. they have obviously this whole concept of um, template fields. Yeah. Particularly more so for automated responses, but also to make it easier for people to not misspell people's names. Mm -hmm. I think it's one, because look, my surname is, is technically... Is, my surname is actually misspelt. Oh, interesting. So, very short version of the story. Distant relative in the past couldn't fit the correct spelling mm. of the surname onto the business checkbook, and so shortened it. it has caused no end of problems for a family ever since. <laughs> um, honestly, you should see the names we, we, we get called. But the point being, yeah. you add that, that data visibility that d into systems, it's not hard to do. No. At the end of the day, it's just a free text field. And you don't have to be a software genius to know, oh, well, I just referenced that field. Exactly. And that's the thing is, like, as someone who does consulting and training, I think people think there's these giant sweeping changes they need to make. And honestly, it's usually just simple solves. Again, mm -hmm. have it built in. So you ask them, like, how should we greet you? You know, like, should we call you Mr. Murphy? Should I call you Chris? Like, what, what would you like, you know, and let the person decide. And then again, Absolutely. capture that information and don't ask them every time because then I would get flustered about that. Or I love the piece you said around advocacy. Some I work with a lot of therapists and help them to be more LGBTQ plus affirming because again, there's holistic ways we need to look at this. It's not just yeah. pronouns, right? As I was alluding to earlier, there's so many other things that are happening that are even more, I would say, important than pronouns, yeah. like having our basic rights stripped from us. But with the therapists, right, a lot of them had to pivot to online early on in the pandemic. Yeah. For a lot of them, that was like a hard shift to make. And uh, so one of the things that's really important there is, you know, we have electronic health records or electronic yep. medical records, I think it's called in the Canada. And so same thing, if you're having to put demographic information, those can be drop downs. And you know, it's something that we completely skipped. That's my fault of, of even talking about why I'm talking about accessibility so much in the first place is I'm studying UI UX design. Mm. So I just wanted, you know, in the very last few minutes to make it clear. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's a, another lens I'm coming at this from but yeah we so it's not even just that that person advocate for themselves and say hey this is a change I need you to make in the software it can also be a therapist doing that on behalf of their clients on behalf of yep. their patients it could be you know a person just anyone anyone seeing oh this isn't right you know this this probably needs to be updated 
And uh, again, it could just be, it could have been a simple oversight or, or, or whatever, yeah. but I think all of us have an opportunity to encourage folks to do better. And again, simple shifts of just, instead of a drop down, just make it so that someone can enter the information and just show some examples of like what you mean by that field. Because- Yeah, I mean, most, yeah. most fields, most you know, forms tools, have the concept of placeholder text, which effectively is like that. Like, if you've seen forms, is like the um, the. It'll say like email address or yeah. Well, it's more more. I'm thinking like it will say something like e.g. You know, yeah. this, this, oh, this, yes. and it will yes. be in grey text, and it won't be something you overtype. It'll just be almost like a faint yes. watermark on the field. Exactly. Yeah. And. For me, you know, again, as someone who is visually impaired, mm -hmm. UI and UX are one of the most important things, you know, and it's not just, oh, making fonts bigger. It's not just form fields. Mm -hmm. People use software. How? And one thing that frustrates me is a final note on UI and UX. Please, if you're building an app, test it on mobile devices. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm actually good. Substack, who we host a podcast with, mm -hmm. wonderful service, but there's just something about the way it works on an iPad that it gave me a gave me a lot of challenges when I was trying to publish from the iPad. Yeah. And it's just little things like that. UI and UX is so important because of we we are changing the way that people interact with data, interact with forms. Remember, not everybody has a desktop computer. Not everybody has a Windows PC. Mm -hmm. People have Macs, people have iPads, iPhones, Android phones. Um, you know, you've got people with braille displays. It's a whole field, and it's great to see people like yourself, uh, Chris Angel, consulting on this and learning this stuff to make our experiences, applications, our experiences with the web better. So it's been a fascinating discussion. It's been great to you know to look at not just the technological side of it, but also the you know the emotional and the you know the the human level of this because it's far more than just a bit of code. Mm -hmm. It's how we treat people. So wrapping up, is there any final messages you'd like to sort of give out? And of course, you know, if people want to follow you on social media, should you be one of those people who are on social media? Um, <laughs> where can people do so? Yeah, no, I appreciate that, James. I mean, first, I just want to thank you for the time because, again, you know, this is just such an important issue and I think it gets overlooked a lot. And I think part of it is that no one sat here and s said, like, here are the standards, Here's like what we need to do about race and or ethnicity, which, you know, that can be a whole <laughs> other conversation Oh gosh, as yeah. far as the options there. And yeah, as far as forcing people to select one when maybe there's multiple that are applicable. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So just very yeah. quickly on that, Ben, in the same way that we're suggesting people might want to do make that a freeform field for things like gender identity, maybe it's time to look at that for race and um, ethnicity as well. Yeah, I mean, so that that's that's what would be interesting is if we could just have it standardized and then people know that some of the best ways to capture that kind of information yeah. would be just a text field and like how it could look user experience wise in terms of like you said putting some options there at the top just to jog someone's memory because honestly even if i go to my dentist's office and they have pronouns there not everyone's going to know what to put unless no. it gives them like oh she her he him yeah. yeah some sort of hint um but yeah i just think again there's just really simple ways that folks can do that we gave a lot of great examples throughout our conversation today and 
I would say that as far as finding me on social media, uh, folks can find me on LinkedIn. If they look up Chris Angel Murphy on Instagram, I am gender sexuality info on Twitter, although I'm not as active on there. I'm gender sex info on there. And uh, yeah, just like I said, I've got allyship as a verb. That's my podcast. And just to even talk for a second about what it is. The reason I started it was because I think a lot of folks can be nervous about getting started with allyship work and what to do if they make a mistake and what do people even want, like what would honor someone. So I interview people from the LGBTQ plus community about it and they have various lived experiences. And what I'm attempting to do is have them, you know, do storytelling and share out one tip every episode that they want people to consider and to also just help to humanize the process because we're going to make mistakes. And I'm not saying that to have no accountability, but like I also give tips and tools and things for like what you can do to, to come back from that. So that works very important to me. And if anyone's in the States, if you're looking for some broad LGBTQ plus resources, I have a website. Uh, you can go to gsi.gay and I have a bunch of things listed there, including stuff on religion, spirituality, and faith. Uh, you know, lots of support resources there. But yeah, I would love to hear from folks. And James, just once again, I super appreciate you being open to this conversation. I was incredibly nervous reaching out to you, even though you're like a teddy bear. Um, but <laughs> You know, yeah, like like you've mentioned throughout this conversation, people can get very hostile, they can shut down, they can be very opinionated when it comes to this kind of stuff. But again, as we have explored, it just comes back to human decency, it comes back to human rights, and there's so many other people who are impacted. It's not just an LGBTQ plus issue. Like, let's just, Absolutely. Let's just this, honor everyone the best we can. Absolutely. This goes far beyond issues, it, you know... It's been highlighted because of the struggles of the LGBTQ community, but it, but it goes far beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to realise. And my final thought on this is using someone's proper pronouns. Even if you choose not to use different pronouns yourself, mm -hmm. it doesn't do you any harm. It doesn't change anything about your, your life. It doesn't change you. It just makes you a better person because you're honouring that person, you're treating that person how they want to be treated as I said at the start of the episode, I'm more than happy for comments on this episode, but I will be brutally honest. I will not have anyone, be it this angel, be it myself for hosting this episode, be it Frasley for being part of the team. I will not tolerate any hate towards any anyone. So please, if you're going to think that you're going to post that, don't. Just go and keep that in your own head, folks. You know what? But <laughs> if you want to do that, that's fine by me. It's your It's your right to do that. I'm just not going to give you a platform to do it on, on this show. You can follow Crosswires on Twitter, because we are quite active um, on there. Um, CrosswiresMG. You can email podcast at crosswires.net with your thoughts. Um, you can comment on this episode, uh, both on the actual blog at crosswires.net. You do have to be subscribed to comment. Sorry about that. It's currently the way things are. Budget allowing in the future, we are looking at moving to an alternative host just to give us more flexibility. If you're a good pods user, you can comment on the episode there. And of course, we're also on many of the podcast directories. Please do find us. And one thing I wanted to say, if you like our content, like genuinely like it, please do drop us a review. You can drop us an email as well. We'd love to hear from folks. And one thing I will finally say, if you've got ideas of things that you'd like us to discuss about technology, 
drop me an email. I'm always open to episode ideas. Um, we've got some great content coming up. There's great YouTube videos coming up as well. Chris Angel, thank you so much for your time. And, of course, probably worth just shouting out, thank you so much to Ariel at Squadcast for just being this, I, I guess, this ninja at connecting people <laughs> for, um, you know, having the, the guest exchange channel mm-hmm. and just being like, I don't know what it is. She's got almost like a sixth sense of spotting, oh, you two could work well together. Mm-hmm. Um so She's thank amazing. you. She is. And we're absolutely going to have uh, Zachariah back on the show at some point. Uh, I think I would imagine he's probably pulling out his hair at the moment with the V5 <laughs> launch. Um, nothing's gone wrong on this episode. So um, no. that's always a good start. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. and We'll see you at the next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.